0: Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of 30 for Net 030, where we're speaking with 30 changemakers around the globe on steps to take now in order to reach 2030 goals. I'm Anna Marie Slott, Global Sustainability ESG Partner at Ashurst. Today, we're joined by Sally Pilot, Director and Chief Insight and Engagement Officer at Black Sun PLC. Sally has close to three decades of experience putting insights into practice for organizations. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sally. Maybe you could start off with telling us a little bit about your background and how you ended up working with Black Sun.
1: Super. Well, Anne-Marie, thanks so much for having me today. It's really great pleasure to be on on the show with you, so thank you. Um, Just just to give you a little bit of background on me, um, as you mentioned at the beginning, I work for uh, Black Sun PLC. It's a global stakeholder communications and engagement company. I've spent the the majority actually of my um, career there for the past 25 years. So pretty much my entire career um, there. And during that time, we've evolved and changed the business over time to really meet the needs of our, our clients. So I'm really privileged to work for a variety of companies across sectors. Um, Most of those companies are listed so that they need to meet um, the scrutiny of investors, regulators, and wider stakeholders in the way they communicate and disclose around their stories. And most of them have quite complex uh, global operations. So we work with the likes of Tesco, Burberry, Schroeders, NatWest, Aston Martin, Croda, just to name a few. And what's really common about all of them is they really see communications and transparency and disclosure as a real opportunity and driver of change and long-term performance. So it's a great privilege to help them with their communications and how they communicate authentically with all of their um, various stakeholders. Um, Just in terms of my role there, I've got the best job in the world, I think, um, because I get the opportunity to look at insight. Um, and very much the trends that are impacting our clients. we do a lot of research into changing behavior, transparency, and how companies are improving um, engagement between business and the and key stakeholders. And then um, the other uh, part of my role, I get to engage with um, outside stakeholders. so I really try to understand the landscape, what investors are, are demanding, what regulators are, are demanding, how that world is changing and how that might impact the corporates that we work with moving forward. So really exciting times.
0: So it sounds like a great remit there, Sally. And um, clearly, you've probably been seeing the evolution of ESG. Could you just let us know, sort of over the last few years in particular, ha- have you seen a change around how people are approaching that? A massive change, Emery, actually, um, re- really significant.
1: So, I guess from our perspective, there are kind of five big trends that I think are really driving this that have become um, quite uh, enhanced or accelerated in the last two years since COVID hit and 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 I say often to clients and anyone who will listen to me that COVID, the silver lining of COVID is um, that we've got these issues onto the agenda as real business issues not just sustainability issues so I think there's a couple of things really happening there's the, obviously the rise of stakeholder capitalism and the wider understanding I think by business that profits are really the result of the strength of their relationship with their various stakeholder groups. And this is more and more important moving forward. Um, The idea that sustainability um, and sustainable business is on the top of investors' agendas. So there's a lot of change being driven that way, which is driving the corporate's agenda. And I think that the fast pace of regulation and legislation around this area. And and the thing I wanted to highlight here is not just corporates, but it's also investors um, that are uh, under scrutiny and changing regulation legislation in terms of their investments and green deals and, and just transition. So that's really important because of the impact that that has on the information that they want from corporates. And then, of course, we've had an accelerated digital transformation over the last few years. Um, And then I think finally, but, you know, almost most importantly is the realization of the commercial impact, particularly when it comes to different generations. And I'm speaking mostly of millennials here. And I think that this idea that millennials really want to work for companies that have a purpose and are making a difference and are really trying to tackle these issues. So we find with our clients that, the Really, the drivers of change are all those things that I talked about, but often it's their own employees that they're having to be accountable to, to be part of the solution rather than part of the problem that's driving a lot of the change internally, which I think is super exciting.
0: Yeah, really interesting. I mean, you highlight the kind of the circularity um, of of the influence on companies, really, from stakeholder perspective, from investor perspective, from from employee perspective, from regulatory perspective. You know, it's that is that whole uh, almost circle around a company that that seems to have evolved in the last couple of years. You you guys have done a lot of work, obviously, with listed companies who are at the fr- front end of a lot of that regulatory work. What is it that you find to be the most useful there? What where where are you seeing kind of best in class in in that work? Of, you know, from a company perspective, what what are the actions that those guys are taking?
1: Okay, that's a really good question. I think. Um... What I'd like to sort of share overall is I think the um, the conversation has completely changed in the last few years with corporates. So a few years ago, I used to ask my clients every time I met with them, you know, have you had any questions from investors around ESG or sustainability? Have you had any engagement, the answer would always be a flat no, or, you know, maybe it came up in conversation. Now, without a doubt, every conversation our clients are having with investors, sustainability is upfront on the agenda, and very focused. Um, The other conversation that's changing very much is internally in corporates. Often, these were isolated conversations we were having with one department, maybe a sustainability team, or, you know, one person in a finance team, or whatever. Now, everybody is part of this conversation. So, I think that's hugely exciting. The challenge, though, is that everybody... Understands the why this is important, but the what do we do and how do we do it is where we're finding corporates are really um, struggling. So I think that's I think that's really exciting. And what what we're what we're seeing is that um, in a lot of cases, this is a journey. I know that's a cliche, and people use that a lot but I think that what we're seeing in terms of the companies that are making the most progress around these um, issues are really understanding that sustainability issues are just business issues. Um, My long held belief is that companies shouldn't have a sustainability strategy and a corporate strategy. They should just have one strategy, which is a sustainable business strategy. And I think more and more companies are, um, moving to that acknowledgement, the challenge is okay, great, but how do we how do we get there? That that's that's easy to say, but very difficult to do. So one of the things that I've seen work really well from a corporate perspective is there needs to be a champion. Um, there needs to be a either a C suite or a board level or somebody very influential within the organization that. Understands this, owns this, and champions it throughout the organization to really drive it strategically. And then I think for companies, there's a number of steps really that take place from my vantage point in terms of what we see and and the transformation that we see happening internally. So often it's it's a, a understanding the business model. So. Unpicking that business model and over the last two years, I mean, companies have had to really look hard at their business models. And I and I think that there's a lot of um, reviews going on right now so companies can understand how they build a, a, a sustainable business model for the future. So one that delivers, of course, financial returns for the short and long term. But in a way that generates value for society, and also is very conscious of the environmental constraints that we're all living under. So there's a lot of thinking around business models, and um, and what should the business model of the future be? The next the next thing is is really integrating that into one strategy. So I said we should have a corporate strategy, um, not a, sustain- a separate sustainability strategy, but If these things are embedded into the corporate strategy, it means it's embedded into the the core activities of the organization, and then it can be plumbed through all of the operations. So really embedded in in the thinking. Um, Part of that is about risk management and understanding that That this is a, you know, a risk that needs to be managed, but the flip side of that, it's also an opportunity, but really getting the risk teams involved. So through all of this, what we're seeing is it's moving from an isolated, you know, department of sustainability team to actually bringing in You've got to bring in your strategy team. You've got to bring in your risk team. You've got to bring in your HR team, all the people that are dealing with the different issues and really have a collective view on what you're doing as a business. And then, of course, uh, importantly, um, you need to measure it. And, you know, there's that old adage, what what, what gets measured gets managed. And I think that's, that's very fair. Um, and we see that uh, very significantly um, in the work that we do for clients. And then also, I think the real power of reporting is what gets reported gets measured. So often we use reporting as a tool with our clients to help them engage in the debate internally because reporting often throws up key requirements uh, that companies have to report against. And then often these can stimulate a conversation internally about so what is our approach? What are we doing? How we are we, how are we uh, progressing against it? What commitments can we make? Those sorts of conversations. So I think that's really exciting. Um, the other aspect I think that is really important is how it's integrated into governance structures. So I talked about the clear tone from the top but we also need that oversight from the board and we need structures and processes around it to ensure that's integrated across the business. And I think more and more important is that link to remuneration and not just executive remuneration, which I know is always top of mind, but how does that link through to everybody's remuneration in the business, you know, right through um, to all the employees. So everybody feels like they're aligned against uh, consistent goals. So, so those are some of the some of the steps that we see taking place internally for a company that hasn't, um, you know, is just starting out. We really um, work with them to really understand. So, what are the trends in their marketplace? So, what's impacting, you know, whether it's their sector, their business whether that's environmental or social issues, what what does the landscape look like out there? Then we go through a process of really understanding uh, what are the key issues on their stakeholder agendas and why are they important? And then also doing an inflection of that company. So what are their impacts? What do they control? What do they not control? What are they good at? What are they not good at? And really trying to spend a lot of time consolidating all of that information internally to identify the key issues that they can focus on as an
0: organization and then usually that's a good starting point all very good points i i I think especially the network right going from a single person trying to champion this somewhere you know in the organization to really having touch points across all of the you know the essential working groups and have that result in 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 transparency and commitment and, and disclosure that kind of creates that virtuous circle back to to, to, to doing more and better um, I, I have to ask because we always ask how about yourself are you are you making any changes are you are you are you committing to anything in the near the middle term around uh, around your own commitments around net zero yeah it's good it's a good question I mean I think we all have a part to play uh, I think it's hard as an
1: individual to kind of understand uh, how the little things we can do can make a Uh, a difference. I mean, there's two things, I guess, from a personal perspective, as I said, I've got a great job. So I've got the opportunity to be involved in this from, um, you know, across a lot of clients. The other thing that I get involved in in a personal capacity, you know, on behalf of the business, but, you know, very much pursuing my interests is helping other organizations. So Currently, uh, we're uh, working with Accounting for Sustainability and Deloitte on launching um, a finance leader's sustainability barometer to gauge where finance uh, CFOs and chief investment officers are around this issue of sustainability, um, and attitudes and perceptions and, and where the state of play is. So that we're hoping that one day will be an Edelman trust type barometer, uh, of what's going on. And the reason for that is to really drive change in action. So that's something that we're doing, but on a personal basis, um, I have a daughter. Um, you know, we're all influenced by our children these days. My eldest daughter is actually vegan. So although I've tried to be vegan over the last few years, uh, I've only managed to be vegetarian, mm-hmm. but we're very conscious uh, about um, that impact that we can have. Uh, we've been an early adopter of uh, electric uh, vehicle, which I think um, me I'm laughing right now with the, the 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 fuel crisis that everybody's going through right now. So I'm you know we're in a very good position there, and you know on a day to day basis um, we look at our energy providers and those sorts of things. And where possible, I mean we do simple things like you know walk to school and. Walk to work or take public transportation just to sort of reduce the impact as much as possible. So, I mean, those are some of the the small things that I guess I'm doing on a, on a personal basis.
0: No, it sounds like you know add those all up together, and and you get a lot of uh, a lot of shift, a lot of movement. Looking at all the different things that you're doing, looking at all your work um, with with companies and understanding you know how they're moving. Is there anything that you, you think, you know, if, if this one thing happened, the, the, the pace of change would accelerate? I mean, obviously, it's accelerating um, year on year, but to to really kind of game shift into being able to deliver um, in a meaningful way on, on the 2030 commitments that people are making. Any ideas around that?
1: Look, yeah, I think so. I, I think what I've learned over the years of doing what I do and in the conversations that I have on it on a a daily basis is that the importance of dialogue and engagement and understanding how everybody fits together. We're all intrinsically linked, all businesses are intrinsically linked, you know, whether they're a supplier, a customer, investor. I mean, there's a a massive value chain going on here. And I think the more and more that we can open up the dialogue between different aspects of our own value chains in the organizations that we work for so that we can align our thinking and support one another towards the 2030 goals or 2050 goals or whatever they are, I think the... um, the faster progress that we will make so move from seeing as this an isolated silo activity with our own organization but moving towards more of a collaboration across value chains i think is really important so i'm a big advocate of open and honest dialogue and engagement also um, authentic conversations Uh, i think that's whether it's a company communicating about what they're doing some of the challenges, but you know, the opportunities, I think that authenticity of communication is really important um, as well. And I think, look, there's, we're very, um, some really clever people out there. So I think it's about connecting those dots and opening up those conversations. I think that would, would really probably help us move a lot faster um, in tackling a lot of these challenges that we're
0: facing today. No, thanks Sally, great insights. And, and a lot to uh, a lot to go off of there with with all of the uh, advice and suggestions. So I really appreciate you joining today. Um, thanks so much for your time. No problem. It was a great pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you found it worthwhile. To learn more about the issues we've just covered, please visit ashurst.com forward slash podcasts. This 30 for Net Zero 30 episode is just one small part of our continuing podcast series, ESG Matters at Ashurst. Make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes by subscribing via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. While you're there, you can also listen to our other episodes and leave a rating or review. In the meantime, thanks again for listening and goodbye for now.